This podcast is presented by SoCalREN, the Southern California Regional Energy Network. We're a collection of local governments that come together to promote energy efficiency programs for residents, businesses, and public agencies. Welcome to Re-Energizing Communities, your connection to conversations about energy efficiency that can help you influence change at home, at work, and in your community. Thanks so much for joining us. Our focus on women in energy continues today as our host, Julie Castro, welcomes three females leading the charge towards sustainability in Southern California. Tanuviel Carlson is a program manager at the Energy Coalition, or TEC. Cassie Smith and Megan Kendall have recently completed fellowships with the California Climate Action Corps, or CCAC. Today, they'll share how their experiences have helped to shape their careers and their influence in the energy industry. Let's listen in. Tanuvio, can you explain what CCAC is, who runs it, and why? So the California Climate Action Corps program is an AmeriCorps program that recruits, trains, and places emerging professionals with various climate action-focused organizations across California. With this program, we partner with various organizations across the state and match fellows with them to complete a fellowship term. The terms are typically about 1,700 hours over an 11-month period. The program was started as a pilot in 2021 um, from an initiative of Governor Gavin Newsom through California Volunteers and has grown exponentially over the last three years. The program is funded through California Volunteers and AmeriCorps, an organization through the federal government, which works with local and national partners to harness the power of people and tackles the most pressing challenges. California Climate Action Corps focuses primarily on urban greening, wildfire resiliency, as well as food waste recovery. How did you get involved, Tanuvial, and what's your role? I got involved in 2021. The program is implemented by Bay Area Community Resources, and they were tasked to run a pilot program in the summer of 2021. This program had the goal of placing 265 summer fellows, which is a two-month term and consists of 300 hours. We were tasked to hire and onboard fellows in just a matter of months. Bay Area Community Resources brought together five different organizations, and Tech was one of them. I am the Workforce Development Program Manager at Tech, a nonprofit organization. We work with um, utility partners as well as different organizations across California to advance um, the future of clean energy. I worked with 56 fellows um, placements through Tech. So that's kind of how I got started. From there, we moved from the summer program to a full-term program with 1,700 hours. In 2021 to 2022, we had 50 fellows, and Tech supported 10 of those. In 22 to 23, we had 115 fellows, and Tech supported 75 of those. And now we're moving into our program of 2023 to 2024, and we are moving, tripling in size, to 325 full-term fellows. So it's really been kind of amazing to watch this program grow over the years. Currently, we are contracted to support 220 full-term fellows for their full 11-month service term. And what that means is we provide them with mentorship. Um, we also create and develop trainings. We do workplace and climate action trainings for the full cohort of 325 fellows. I work very closely with the area community resources to ensure the program runs smoothly and adjust the program processes to ensure all program goals are met. I also lead a team of about 10 tech staff. Our goal here is to support fellows 
through mentorship and growth, training, design, and implementation and administrative tasks. Our primary focus is to make sure that each of the fellows have a wonderful experience and they really learn um, the skills necessary to move forward in their careers. What is a fellow and how does it compare to an intern, for example? The term fellow is used through AmeriCorps specifically. It is a federal organization that started in the 90s um, and they created job placement opportunities. Each fellow is placed with an organization such as a nonprofit, a public agency, tribe, school, a university, really any non-private entity. Fellowships are you know, more than an internship in many ways. The fellows are not meant to be working on admin tasks such as you know, filing paperwork or getting coffee but they're really meant to do kind of on-the-job training as well as work on a different um, task that staff at those organizations wouldn't be able to complete. They're really building capacity in the organizations and doing some of those special needs projects that organizations don't have the staff capacity or funds to support. So these fellows come in and they have that job training um, and education opportunities while providing a boost to each of these organizations. All fellows that complete the program gets $10,000 in education award that can be used toward paying off loans or toward graduate school. 30,000 of that is from the state and about six and a half thousand of that is from AmeriCorps through a Siegel Award. Can you describe how the CCAC program develops these uh, on-the-job training and professional skills for the fellows as they're getting ready to enter the workforce? Through AmeriCorps programs and California Climate Action Corps, we've highly valued professional development and training opportunities for those fellows. There's on-the-job training, which they get through their sites. Um, They get to do hands-on action-oriented work. Um, They have site supervisors that support them through that work and guide them and provide mentorship. So they get that kind of day-to-day task and on-the-job training. The other facet is that they are also required to complete 170 hours of planned training work, which is designed to support their transition into those full-time climate action-focused jobs. We provide them with a certification programs of their choice. One example is the UC Climate Stewards Certification Program, where they learn about climate action and kind of what it means in California. We also provide provide them with monthly planned trainings for workplace and climate action. We are going to be developing full day trainings for the program and the fellows. They had this previously, but we are redesigning it. Um, So the fellows will learn different workplace and professional skills, such as program management, leadership, outreach and communication, and various career developments, such as resumes, interviewing skills, and how to get a job. We also will provide a deep dive into each of the program's focus areas, urban greening, wildfire resilience, and food waste recovery. In these trainings, they'll get to learn from experts and really take a deep dive into each of these subject matters. These types of programs, including SoCal REN's workforce education and training programs, are you know, popping up all across the state. Why are they so important to communities within California? Workforce training programs are really an excellent opportunity for emerging professionals to get their foot in the door. They offer opportunities that um, are entry level um, and are open to anyone who's interested and passionate about the work. A lot of the fellow applicants we get don't have necessarily a background in it. They just have that passion. So it gives them that opportunity to build up their resume and build up a network to help boost them into the professional careers. Before tech, I worked at a similar climate-focused AmeriCorps fellowship. 
And this program was essential to my career growth. It helped me to understand what it meant to be in a workplace in a professional setting. I worked with the city government, so I learned kind of how that functions. Through the program, I had a lot of training opportunities and I had the option to attend some conferences where I built a really excellent network and that led me kind of into this position. Overall, these workforce training programs are full circle opportunities. We train these people to become emerging professionals and really train them in their communities. Throughout the workforce opportunities, they're also giving back to those communities and building skills that will help those communities grow and merge into the climate future. So you were a fellow to start as well? Yeah, when I was a fellow, I um, was working with a grant and pilot opportunity. I was doing a behavior change project to get the community involved in climate action um, and communicating with those climate actions within their community. It was a pilot, so, you know, it wasn't organized super well. There was four different government agencies working on it, as well as a nonprofit, and none of them had the time to really build out the design of the program, nor had the opportunities to communicate. So I worked to develop that to kind of find all the pieces and connect all the organizations together and engage all three of those cities in climate actions. Uh, So pivoting to CCAC again, can you think of any projects that you've helped fellows with and that they've led during their time at the Energy Coalition? The fellows um, that work with California Climate Action Corps have done some incredible work all across the board. With urban greening in the last three years, the fellows have supported them planting and donating over 12,000 trees in the high needs areas. Many of these trees are in public spaces, such as parks and city streets. Um, the, you know, the fellows we work with here, we provide them the guidance needed to do education within these communities and work with different areas. The fellows really do the work for food waste recovery. In the last three years, the fellows have supported diverting 1.5 million pounds of food waste from landfills. A lot of that work is focused on distributing those, the still edible food to communities in need, which has really helped build food sovereignty in those areas. And then the food that can't be um, redistributed will be composted. And then they will also teach composting workshops to residents to help them with their impact as well. For wildfire resiliency, a lot of the areas are in um, very rural areas, but we have a handful of fellows working on that as well, and they have worked to protect over 100 acres of land from wildfires. They do a lot of really interesting work here. They'll actually go out with chainsaws and process this wood and clear out spaces in a way that helps prevent wildfire spreads. They also work with communities across California to do education on how to create dispensable space within their um, within their properties um, and teach them how to be safe if they are to encounter a fire and generally how to reduce fires in their areas. What do you think has made the fellowship program so successful as it's grown? The program has been truly successful as a demonstration of collaboration and teamwork and excellent leadership. And that sense of collaboration and communication has made it so that we can be successful in growing through these challenges. We grew from 50 to 115 and now to 325, doubling and now tripling in size. They give us really hard tasks and things that they don't expect us to reach. We have been able to, you know, through collaboration and teamwork, been able to harness the um, that work and demonstrate the success of the program, as well as the fellows and our host partners. The host partners provide really interesting and exciting projects for the fellows to work on. They 
provide structure and guidance for them. And then those fellows do the incredible work that gives us those successful stories and starts to reach those Cal- the California Climate Action Goals that were set aside from this program. It's a trifold project in making sure that we've been successful. Where do you think CCAC will go in the future? How will it evolve? You know, at this time, we have been growing significantly. We are at 325 fellows for this current term coming up, which is the largest um, climate action program or fellowship program in California. We also have a large number of returning fellows for the coming term. That's about 22% returning over 70 fellows. And that shows that people are really excited about this work and that there's a lot of you know really exciting opportunities that keeps those fellows coming back. We're able to reach that 225 goal and getting all of them hired on, which you know is truly incredible. So I see that kind of evolution coming forward with this program, being able to sustain that growth and really follow, you know, it's still a young program. So we want to be able to follow the alumni of the program and help help them with their job placements and ensure that they build this network of alumni together. In terms of growth of the program, I see a lot of talk about getting involved in different or different types of programs, including workforce development and education. I think there's a lot of opportunities for growth to include more workforce elements. Um, and, you know, success from programs like this will really help to set aside funds and budgets for building this landscape. Other programs are starting to pop up that are similar across the nation. They are working, I think, now to get a civilian service corps, which is pretty similar to this one, just on that large national scale. Hopefully, the California Climate Action Corps can be a model for moving forward with um, large-scale climate action programs. Thank you, Tanuvial. Now let's turn to two recent fellows here with us today, Megan Kendall and Cassie Smith. Megan, can you tell us how you got involved with the California Climate Action Corps and what your role has been throughout the program? I originally heard about the California Climate Action Corps from Cassie. Uh, We had both studied our undergrad uh, in sustainability, so we had classes together. Um, She had actually started the program before I had um, and told me about an opening with the city. I am a fellow uh, at the City of San Diego Environmental Services Department. And Cassie, what brought you to the California Climate Action Corps and what was your role there? I have my BA in sustainability and I have a minor in communication. And when I graduated in May of 2022, I was really just looking around to see what opportunities were out there for newly grads. The CCAC fellowship was one of the only ones that was truly entry level. So I would go on and I'd see these jobs that were marked entry level, but I would see in the minimum qualifications that it wanted one to two years of full-time experience, which is something that wasn't entirely possible being uh, being in my undergrad. I was really happy to find uh, something that I could do straight out of college to get great experience and my foot into the door in this um, in this profession. My former role was a food recovery and organic waste recycling fellow for the city of San Diego's environmental services department, uh, working on food recovery and organic waste programs citywide. Megan, what led you to study sustainability? I grew up in Maryland uh, with woods behind my house. I was very lucky to be able to spend full days playing in the trees, using my imagination, coming home when the sun went down. Spending time in nature became such 
an integral part of my being and such a safe space that I could always turn to for mental clarity. Once I heard about uh, climate change in, in high school uh, and started deep diving into my own research on it, it felt like my responsibility to protect what has given me so much and been such a big part of my growth into the person that I am. Getting into sustainability work once I accessed the information on the harsh realities of our climate disaster felt very clearly to me like the only profession that would align with both my individuality and my morals. How about you, Cassie? What sparked your interest in sustainability? I really inherited that passion from my grandma. I also grew up in a town that was really beautiful and I was surrounded by uh, great hikes. I lived right next to the ocean and it really just instilled um, a passion to you know, protect what I was seeing. I lived in a beach town, so I saw the impacts of sea level rise and I saw how our beaches were getting smaller and how we'd have to put more rocks up against our coastline. Growing up in a place like that and, and actually seeing the effects of climate change throughout your life, it showed me that there was no other work for me. This is what I would dedicate my life to. I'm happy that I've started it. What initially got you excited about working with the California Climate Action Corps Fellowship? For me, it seemed like a really great opportunity to get my foot in the door with environmental policy. Environmental policy is uh, one of the most impactful ways we can make change. I was also uh, in my last semester of college when I started, but only taking one class. I had the time to be working full time, uh, but not the degree yet to get me a full time paid position in the climate world. This gave me a really good opportunity to finish school while gaining experience networking with um, the city and the fellows all throughout the state of California. Uh, additionally, the California Climate Action Corps mission in general aligned with my values in their approach to climate outreach and education and expanding accessibility of climate knowledge. Cassie, what interested you most about the CCAC Fellowship? The opportunity to gain a network of climate professionals. And then the fellowship exposed me to, you know, a cohort of a hundred and some odd um, people who are also interested in this type of work. My host site uh, showed me people who were excited about recycling, and that is something that I've always been passionate about. What made me really excited about this program was being able to build a network of like-minded individuals, and it's been incredible to share those values with others. Megan, what has been your favorite part of the fellowship? The community of very passionate and like-minded individuals that I've built. Um, with other fellows being at different sites and working on different projects with similar but still different and unique passions uh, has been so inspiring and given me more hope for the future of the world and the environment. The sustainability world really fosters a community of very down-to-earth individuals. I have been so inspired and uplifted by all of the fellows, my coworkers in the city, uh, and their passion and drive to really want to make the world a better place. 
Cassie, what has been the best part of the fellowship for you? Uh, my favorite part about this fellowship was being a bridge between climate policy and climate language, climate science, and the general public. What that really means is decoding that language and making it palpable for the general public. A lot of the work that Megan and I were doing for the city revolved around Senate Bill 1383, which is a huge law aimed to reduce methane to the general public that isn't exposed to policies like that. Megan and I had to go into these communities and try to express the importance of complying with this law and why it was important for California to uh, have green bins, to have grocery stores donate their food. You have to really meet people where they're at. If you're going to somebody's house and they're like, well, why do I have to recycle? It took a lot of us being like, it reduces methane emissions. So it was really decoding a lot of that language and science and making it um, relate to people that we were talking to in the community. This fellowship exposed us to interesting opportunities. Uh, we were able to be a panelist at the Green Leaders Summit. Uh, Megan and I were also able to talk about our work with policy implementation at the Climate, climate Change Preparedness Conference in Washington, D.C. As people who just graduated college, being able to speak at a conference of that level was incredible. The fellowship has just been incredible at exposing us to experiences and great people. Megan, how do you think the work that you've done has impacted the local community? So we've been doing a lot of policy implementation, um, as well as outreach and education from the rollout of the green organic waste bins uh, to public workshops and webinars to community outreach event tabling. We've interacted with hundreds, if not thousands of members of the public talking about organic waste recycling, the importance of methane emission reductions, and the, the climate crisis in general. While not every person we have spoken with uh, has agreed with the city or the state's approach to addressing climate change, I think it has still been impactful to have these conversations and to plant the seed on how important and relevant these issues are. The work that we do with tier one food generators by helping them get into written agreements with food recovery organizations uh, means that food that would have otherwise gone to the landfill and created methane emissions in the city of San Diego is now feeding hungry mouths within, within our own community. What about you, Cassie? How have you seen the community impacted by your work through the fellowship? The work that we're doing really exemplifies how climate solutions are also human solutions. Having a law that's requiring food donation because that food would otherwise be thrown away, um, that reduces methane emissions, but also that food is going to communities that need it. So it shows how diverting hundreds of thousands of pounds of organic waste from the landfill also feeds thousands of people. We were able to see stats and figures of our impact and that was one of the greatest things for me, implementing this law in a city that big, you're going to see some big numbers. And it was fun to see. I'm sure you both learned a lot in your roles as fellows. What would you say is the most important thing you'll take away from your time? Uh, let's start with you, Megan. My time with the Climate Action Corps has really helped me build my professional confidence. I think it's one 
thing to learn about climate change and policy in school and to do internships relating to sustainability, but my role as a fellow has really pushed me outside of my comfort zone to my benefit. Us and a few other Climate Action Corps fellows traveled to DC to speak at the Climate Change Preparedness Conference on Organic Waste Recycling and SB 1383. Initially, I was so intimidated by the qualifications and experience of all of the sustainability professionals there, but ended up feeling like I had a deserved seat at the table. It was a really great reminder that I do know what I'm talking about and I am capable in the perspectives that I bring as a young person and a Californian and an implementer of environmental policy regardless of my age. That that was a great takeaway for me. And Cassie, what has been your biggest takeaway? The most important lesson that I learned was that policy implementation is really wild. Boots on the ground actually doing it. What I learned from that is initiative is is key. The city was trying to implement such a large law all at once and we they were not given that much guidance because everyone was so busy doing everything. So it really took a lot of initiative to be able to um, to do our projects well. This fellowship taught me how to work so hard and to be proud of what I brought to the table without being asked. There was a lot of uh, projects that I did that um, were self-led because I knew that the city needed it. Based on your experience, Megan, what career advice would you give somebody wanting to enter the sustainability field? Always talk to people as if they've never heard a thing about climate-related issues. It's really easy to assume that the public has a general understanding of climate change, but that general understanding is far less common than I thought within outreach and education efforts, as well as just having conversations with family and friends, it is such an important skill to share information in a way that anyone could understand. When talking about what goes in an organic waste bin, we like to tell people if it grows, it goes. When talking about finished compost, we like to say it's like a vitamin for your plants learning how to use a language to easily convey information has been so essential to the roles that I've done in the sustainability field, uh, as well as in conversations in my personal life. Cassie, what do you think someone should know before they begin a career in sustainability? Working towards mitigating climate change can be overwhelming and it can lead to climate anxiety. A way that I have mitigated this in my own life is being confident in the work that I do and knowing that the work that I'm doing has a great impact on my community and also the atmosphere as a whole. That gave me a great sense of peace and I think if others approach it that way too they can uh, feel better about the doom and gloom that we see in the media about climate issues. It sounds like you both gained important perspective that you'll carry throughout your careers. Why do you think workforce development programs like CCAC are important for emerging professionals like yourselves? Let's start with you, Megan. These workforce development programs are essential to having a foot in the door with the sustainability network and building the skill sets that a lot of positions expect you to come in with. 
additionally, the Climate Action Corps offers great opportunities uh, like the professional development hours that are built into your fellowship time to grow that professional preparedness in a way that best suits your own goals. For me, that looked like dedicating hours towards studying for and taking my green building certification exam, which is a really great thing to add to my resume, validate my dedication to this field, um, as well as demonstrate my understanding of potential climate solutions. What about you, Cassie? Workforce development programs like CCAC are so important because they expose you to other like-minded individuals. It was also a great way to network with people who have gone through this path before. Like we have built-in mentors from this uh, fellowship that we could turn to if or once it's done to ask for advice on the next steps after the program and the education stipend that we get at the end if we complete the term uh, is really great as well. It, it makes graduate school something that actually seems viable. Looking ahead now to the next generation of Californians, those coming up behind you, aside from workforce development programs like this, what else do you think can prepare them to be our future green leaders? Information on not only climate change, but environmental justice, urban planning, big corporations and their footprint, um, public health impacts of climate change need to be taught uh, starting much younger in middle school at the very least. There is so much eye-opening information that I did not learn about until my upper division coursework in a sustainability major that I truly believe every human should be aware of. Starting these conversations at a young age with um, some of our future green leaders uh, will grow people into conscious consumers. Children, whether they're going to be green leaders or not, have a right to know the ways that actions are impacting the environment. The best way to prepare our future generation is providing access to critical information on the social, economic, and environmental impacts of climate change starting from a young age. Anything else to add, Cassie? What do you think can be done to better prepare future green leaders? You know, I'm about to leave with this degree and I'm just learning this like mind-altering information about the reality of the world. We should share more environmental successes with the world. Whenever anyone hears climate change, they're already rolling their eyes because what they're going to hear is something that they don't want to hear or that they're afraid to hear. And that shouldn't be the approach to this problem. People shouldn't be afraid to hear about environmental um, actions because how are they going to be done if everyone's afraid to talk about them? The good work that we're all doing should be shared more. Finally, what are your career plans following your fellowship? Let's start with you, Megan. I will be continuing to work for the City of San Diego Environmental Services Department uh, doing Similar environmental policy implementation. What are your plans, Cassie? I will continue to bridge the gap between climate science and the public. It's something that I have now dedicated my life to. Um, 
and I will continue to communicate the importance of environmental issues to the public by meeting them where they're at, just like how I did with the fellowship. I want to um, give a final question for all three of you. Uh, if you could all reach uh, Generation Z or younger and tell them one thing about the future of California or the climate crisis, what would you say? And let's start with Cassie. Whatever happens in the future um, is not at the fault of Generation Z. All you could do is do you feel confident in any work that you do, uh, whatever job that you do, environmental focused or not, you are helping people. Thank you, Cassie and Megan. And then we'll close out with you too, Nubiel. I would tell them to get mad. And I would tell them that they need to be upset, even though the state of the climate is not their fault. The next generation needs to act fast and they need to figure out ways to hold our institutions and organizations accountable for the role that they've played in the climate crisis. I don't want this next generation to face climate anxiety or existential dread, but at the same time, I don't think there is time to put this off any longer. And I don't think that there is an infinite future ahead of us. This generation and the next one need to get mad and to let that anger drive some, some change. Yeah, Megan said it very well to the Generation Z and the future generations. Just don't give up. You think there's a lot of challenges that are going to be coming your way and it's a lot of challenges that have come from the past generation. And the only way is to move forward with it. There's going to be an amazing emerge of new technologies and success that's going to come through to defeat the climate crisis. Generation Z has this incredible opportunity to join forces and really um, become the change that we need to see and we have needed to see for a while. And I've already seen that start to happen. So, you know, focus on that community element and don't give up. Lean on each other. We still have a chance. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Remember that reducing your energy use today means securing a safer, more affordable, and sustainable tomorrow. For more information on energy efficiency opportunities that can help you save energy and money, visit SoCalREN.org or call 877-785-2237.